0: Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be. Nebula is the streaming service that's home to It's Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part, all of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with ET, you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part, by signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probably not you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens.
1: It has been, what, two um, about two months? No, it's only been a little over a month, I feel. Maybe a month and a half? It feels like it's been approximately
0: 80 years since I last did anything. Um, that's mostly
1: <laughs> my, me, because January might have been the longest month of my life. Uh, Yeah. Well, you had a very, you had a good reason for, for having to devote a lot of time to not this, not this podcast and and other things. Yeah. My,
0: this is the first piece of content I think I have made, uh, in 2022, (laughs) um,
1: I th- this podcast or your child
0: uh well it depends upon yeah i guess our children content is that just like yeah new person just dropped um yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um for anybody who doesn't know in the audience um this is why we recorded our episode so far in advance because we have burned through it all as i took several weeks off to go and have a uh, a babby and now the babby is here and he's very cute. He's uh he's great, but yeah. uh, he doesn't sleep a whole lot, or he does sleep a lot, but he doesn't sleep at times when you want him to. And mm-hmm. um, everything from a little bit of gas to I'm slightly hungry is basically the worst emotion he's ever felt in his life, and expresses it in such a fashion. So, uh-huh. so it's been. I have. I I, I, you, I think you can even see me like uh, you could. I Scott can see me in the call like I'm just like slept <laughs> with like the circles <laughs> under my eyes, just like. <laughs>
1: All right. I can't... It- When we first logged on, I was like, does Tristan want to be here right now? Because we can not record if you want sleep or something. I
0: definitely do want to be here because
1: this is a fun show.
0: And I've been listening to our own show while I've been like, you know, up at 3 a.m. doing feedings. And I'm like, this is such a good, fun activity. But I came with like, you know, I'm all ready to to do to hit the books again.
1: And then Scott's like, don't worry, bud, I got this. Don't worry. I got it. That's right. The tables have turned yet again on this episode where I, Scott, the person who typically does nothing, who does no research and who just shows up and just makes little goofs and gaffes. This time for the second episode in a row, I have come prepared with some knowledge. uh, And it's very exciting because now Tristan, who is typically the one who comes and devotes a day of his life to falling down the ancient aliens rabbit hole is now here fresh, fresh faced, uh, having no, no information about the topic I'll be talking about. I guess we should probably mention that this is a show called uh, "It's Probably Not Aliens,"
0: and my name's Tristan Johnson, and I know nothing about what we're going to talk oh. about today. And Scott Nice Wonder, Wander me, uh, my co-host here. He's the one who who knows. He is the he is the holder of I the am knowledge. The, knower. Uh, the last episode that came out as we recorded this one was the Scooby Doo um, rant episode. So yes. you
1: were also the keeper of knowledge in that one. People wanted more. They shouted more. In fact, it's actually really funny. This podcast might be the only piece of content that I make in my life that like the day when it goes up If it's not up early in the morning, I get tweets from people and texts from my own girlfriend who's like, where's the new episode, Scott? I need it, I need it. I have friends of mine who are other like fellow YouTubers who are like, I can't do groceries unless you have a new podcast episode out because I gotta listen to it on my errands. uh,
0: I'm learning very quickly that podcasts more than YouTube videos are a thing that people integrate into like their routine. And if the routine doesn't hit, it doesn't happen. But you know that's that's okay. That's okay. We're, we're we're only twenty episodes in, so we're still kind of finding our <laughs> feet. <or whatever.
1: laughs> This is episode 25, I believe. Oh, yeah. uh, Eventually, we'll get better at these, these intros. But hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, as Tristan said, we this is a show where we debunk ancient alien theories. And this is a topic that I've been wanting to do since the very first time I watched ancient aliens. All the way back in episode three, where we finally watched ancient aliens for the first time, or at least I did. They had mentioned in one of the first one or two episodes very briefly that the Ark of the Covenant is a nuclear miniature a miniature nuclear reactor and they just drop it oh yeah there's some there's some corners of the internet where i have
0: heard about this and there's some like like history channel has been doing stuff on this topic even before ancient aliens so like this one i i have um i have long heard rumor of the mm-hmm. of the nuclear Ark of the covenant so i'm excited yes for this.
1: This is fun. So I'm going to go through a lot of the theories that they claim, specifically in season six, episode 10, which is just an entire episode about the Ark of the Covenant. So if you want to watch that, play along. It's going to be a fun time. But first, hey, Tristan, what is the Ark of the Covenant? Do you know? Are you familiar with it? So um, I'm famously, I don't know if I've, I've said this on the show a
0: few times. I have, unless somebody was getting married or buried, I have actually never been to church. I have never gone to Sunday school. I was baptized as part of a political agreement between the Catholic
1: and Protestant side of my families. But that was basically the extent of it. Well, this is perfect. I'm going to put on my best youth pastor goatee and sit in a chair backwards. And I'm going to tell you all about this, this great story of the Ark of the Covenant. So just to make sure everyone's up on, up to speed. So yeah, what I do know comes from Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh yeah. Trust me. We are going to have all the, at, <laughs> any, at any point, please make a reference to, to Indiana Jones and, and it will happen organically. I promise you. So you familiar with, uh, with the Israelites leaving Egypt, Egypt. Yes. Yeah. I watched the
0: movie. I watched the Prince of Egypt. I know that one. Yeah.
1: So on the first day of the third month after they left Egypt, uh, they came to the Sinai desert and then God called Moses up to Mount Sinai where he basically say, hey, look, bro, I helped you escape slavery. So now you owe me one. So, you know, just obey me obey my rules. And then as long as that's all good, I got you. Yeah, he smoked some mad bush, if I remember correctly. That was before this. The, the okay. burning bush was before that. But you're on the right track. Same same character. So then Moses was like, yeah, okay, that's pretty chill. But what rules specifically would you like us to follow? It would be cool and helpful if maybe you told us specifically. And then we could like write them down. So then God laid out, famously, the Ten Commandments. Oh boy. And I have this, this is a fun little game I want to play with you. I have this blacked out on the, uh, on the sheet. So Tristan, as a person who's never been to church, do you know what the Ten Commandments are? And you don't have to get them in order. Okay. So I think I do. I think I, okay. This is like, if you ask somebody to name
0: all the states, you're going to have like two at the end. You're like, (laughs) God damn it. Okay. So there's one about uh, false idols, right? Like not oh, having yeah, any sure. gods before me or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then there's 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 one about coveting, like coveting thy neighbor's wife. That's one, right? Yep. You got the first one and the last one. Okay. Um, then there's, I think there's the there's ones that you shall not do, right? Like there's shall not steal and shall not kill. Oh yeah. Yep. You got that. These are good. You're getting a lot of the nose. This is like ancient Israelite stuff. So I'm like, I'm assuming that there's going to be one that's going to be something weird. Like thou shalt not shave your sheep
1: on Saturdays or something like that. You're kind of close. So the first four of them are basically God being like, this is how you should treat me. And then the last six are, this is how you should treat other people. Okay.
0: Uh, is there one about um, honoring the Sabbath? Is that a thing? Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. Okay. That's number four.
0: Oh yeah. There's the, um, there's the do what your mom and dad say honor thy mother and thy father
1: right that's number five okay okay i'm
0: getting we're getting there Um, you got
1: four more you got four this is the best game we've ever played okay so we
0: got okay so we got we got no gods before me we got sabbath we got honor mother and father no murder no stealing no No coveting coveting. um is there like is there like a
1: thing for like don't cheat on your spouse i don't think so Mm. these are the, the last two are blacked out so i'm trying to remember what they are too but i think I know what they are. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh wait, no, no. Actually, you are correct. Yeah. I'm I'm so silly. That one is one. You shall not commit adultery. Adultery. Yes. Yeah, that's it.
0: yeah, 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 that's, that's it.
1: You a, shall not commit adultery. I know that word.
0: Is there anything
1: Oh, oh, yes. I a bearing false witness. No no Boom. lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got all you got all you got the bottom uh 7 and then the first one. So the other two are are basically okay. and I know you know these, but is I'll, love I'll thy just, neighbor
0: one or, or or is that kind of covered by the bare false witness against your neighbor yeah that's just sort of like a general thing now i'm gonna start getting mixed up the seven the seven
1: dwarves no, the
0: seven deadly sins and uh, yeah
1: so so the other ones are no no idols no false idols right No and BTS, then, okay and yeah and then don't take god's name in vain oh god damn it of course so, of course it's oh, that one. tristan we screwed up already <laughs> So those are the those are the uh, the ten commandments in the order that Tristan guessed them. I just wanted to keep you on your toes. You know, you're back. You didn't have to do any research, but you still have to try to look smart. It's good. It's like a warm up exercise.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and this is also going to show how much like the prep is what makes me seem smart, and not the like you know the <laughs> improv on on the scene
1: off the top. I know we're halfway through the first page, and I have five pages about this, so I'm just gonna go start flying. So basically. The Ten Commandments, God set them all out, got them in little tablets now, little stone tablets. And they're super important, super holy, right? These are like the word of God. So they need a way to carry them around and protect them. Yes. Indiana Jones. This is what they
0: said. It, the the tablets hold the Ark. The Ark holds the tablets.
1: Yes. The, and absolutely. that makes me think of,
0: um, have you ever seen now? um, I The thing is like nobody under the age of like 58 has watched this movie. History of the World Part 1? No, I've not. Where um, they do a little bit with Moses where he comes down with the tablets and he's like, everybody, I just talked to God. And I'm like, I've got 15, 15. And then one of them just falls down and shatters. And
1: he's just like, oh, shit. 10, 10 (laughs) commands. Yeah, so exactly that. So they, uh, in Exodus 25, God tells Moses to make an ark and lays out exactly how to do it in extreme detail. This chapter and like the next five or six chapters are just God telling Moses exactly how to build it. So we have pretty good idea of what it looks like and and how big it was and and things like that. I love the Bible. It's so esoteric. It's just like, like in some ways it's just
0: like, like they'll have like the same story told four times and it's all inconsistent, but then like... Like, and except for this part, which has a extremely long and excruciatingly <laughs> detailed description of this box, and it's like you know, okay, some,
1: sometimes you're gonna get like really interesting, like political intrigue, interpersonal drama of like cheating and murder, and you know all sorts of wars and epic battles, and then sometimes you're just gonna have to read through a little bit of an IKEA manual for a, for a couple chapters. Yeah, because it'll be like nine hundred years
0: pass, and we're not gonna tell you what happened. Just some stuff happens. Some people will be gapped gap for a while,
1: and then. And, uh, and then there's this but yeah and so it's made of acacia wood it's covered in gold it's got two like cherubim on the on the cover on the lid of the ark and all that's going to be important here uh but along with the ark also has many chapters about the creation of a tabernacle which is like a movable tent of worship oh
0: okay so a couple things on those though first Uh, If it's Cherubim, uh, just remembering our conversation with Andrew Mark Henry, does that mean that they're like horrible Lovecraftian horrors of like (laughs) wheels and eyes and wings and flame?
1: (laughs) You know, I don't know what the original Ark of the Covenant looks like. All of the depictions are basically just like generic angel wings, you know, but I like where your head's at. That's more fun to me. The
0: second thing is um, this will be for the uh, for the Quebecois for the speakers of Jual in the audience. Ooh! So I, like I said, one of the things about living in Quebec specifically, uh, for those who don't live, Quebec is the one of, is basically the province where the predominant language is French. There's some other places mm-hmm. where French is spoken, but it's the one where like French is the official language. And I lived there for a few years. I went to university there, and all of the like kind of like Quebecois version of French like they're kind of like slang version of French, just kind of like, you know, several centuries removed from France, their mm. slang, especially their swear words specifically are all just uh slandering church relics. And so my, my brain instantly goes, when you're talking about the tabernacle instantly goes to the fact that tabernacle is basically like saying fuck in Quebecois. Yeah. French.
1: I think we've talked about this in an episode before, I believe but so not I, put, I didn't, I didn't put that together. Yeah. That it was specifically about a tabernacle. I have six stories. Okay. Hey, Look, I think I've made the reference to Thebes being the big olive like two or three times on this podcast already. All right. So we both have the same stories and jokes. Uh, But yeah, so the tabernacle is is basically this like movable tent of worship and the ark had its own special compartment in the tabernacle called the most holy and uh, almost no one was allowed in it except for very specific people on very specific occasions. Otherwise, that's just where it was housed when it when they weren't like traveling and then when they were traveling the veil that sort of separated it was used to like drape over the arc so that no one would really see it or even touch it in fact no one was supposed to touch it it was like carried on poles and i believe it was even carried like far up you know in front of the crowd of of you know people traveling it was just like don't be around this thing don't be around it yeah you if know. you open it you melt Exactly. And we will get to that for sure. But more than just being a practical device to hold these, you know, the, the Ten Commandments, the Ark was a symbol of God's presence with like the cherubs on top representing God's throne. And he would be sort of like seated uh, between them or upon them watching over the the Israelites. The symbol of God's love, don't touch it. (laughs) Don't touch it. Don't you dare touch it. But yeah, the Ark would later carry other things that aren't as important because a lot of this stuff... Uh, The the thing it was made for was the the Ten Commandments. So because there's all of this, like, don't touch it, don't be around it, don't look at it, only a few people are able to to do it because of all of this, ancient aliens clearly has made a lot of theories about what it could be for example, is the reason you can't touch it or be around it or open it, is the reason because it's a nuclear-powered device that gives off radiation that, like Indiana Jones, does it melt your face off? Does it like make you so sick and instantly kill you because it's just radiating with nuclear energy? So then, what happens to people who carry it? You know, that's an inconsistency <laughs> that I'm not quite sure about. And like, They're do they po- hook it up to
0: Look, the mana machine? Like, like, what a, does that mean? That our
1: our pancakes are radioactive? <laughs> Well, so this is the other thing. So the Ark may have stored the mana machine or it could have stored a nuclear powered device that powered the mana machine. Ancient aliens is not quite clear on that. They sort of flip flop between them. If you don't know about the mana machine, we've done a whole episode about it. That's one where Tristan did the research. So it's better than this episode. Oh, come on. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's this idea that mana was like this, you know, algae device created from ancient technology or potentially aliens. And it may have been powered by the arc rea- or by the arc. I was going to call it the arc, arc reactor. reactor. That's, that's sort of, yeah, that's basically what it is, isn't it?
0: Friggin uh, Old Testament Iron Man, where <laughs> like he has his, to keep his heart going. He has to carry this giant golden chest on this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they did they did
1: Marvel 1619. Why don't they get on this? Marvel. Yeah. two thousand bc and basically and then to go along with this claim in the episode i watched uh georgio tsukalos f- friend of the show friend um, of the podcast really friend of the podcast claimed that the uh the zohar's translation of you know calling it like the ancient of days don't mess with him don't mess with the that's a different is that zohan i can't oh, remember right. This is the Kabbalah book. Yes. The translation of like Ancient of Days uh, is actually supposed to be like the transportable one with tanks, which is supposed to describe the, the Ark of the Covenant as like... It's a transportable thing that has tanks on it. Like, okay. That's how we know.
0: We're talking about like tank as in thing that stores things, not like a T-38. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You
1: could easily say it's just a movable thing that carries something. But transportable one with tanks. Tanks for what? For nuclear energy? For algae and mana creation? I don't know but we'll get into we'll break down we'll we'll get into it. I just want to lay out their claims a little bit. This All is this right. is I think I teased this in the previous episode too. This is going to be really dangerous because I I want to start the episode in the first half talking about their claims and then debunk them later and if people only listen to the first half, that'll be very dangerous. But they also claim that the ark parted the Jordan River using high-speed winds to, like, part the water. They also uh, said either those winds or sonic booms helped to knock over the wall of Jericho. Do you know that story?
0: That's, like, from the part of the Bible where, like, they talk about, like, the Israelites going around and basically committing an ethnic cleansing of the area, but, like, but it's in a good way, and Jericho's the one where they, like, blow a horn and the walls collapse or something.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. There's a whole VeggieTales episode about it with a super catchy song. Wood recommend i know that my my wife used to be uh evangelical and i believe she mentioned there being
0: a jericho song yeah. for sunday school I think there's a couple. And there was the Canadian-American sci-fi show that lasted for a couple seasons about a little town
1: that suffers a nuclear apocalypse called Jericho.
0: So it's all coming full circle. It's all
1: connected. It's all connected. So the Ark of the Covenant was stolen also a couple times, most notably by the Philistines, uh, who, when they took it died almost immediately from, and this is what ancient aliens claims, from radioactive sickness. Oh. Because everywhere they took the Ark, people became afflicted with illness and died There, with accounts specifically of, like, tumors spreading across people's bodies. Like, it was not a good time. Oh. Uh, so that could be, <laughs> you know, radiation stuff happening. I have
0: doubts about that's how radiation sickness works, but okay. Okay, all okay, right, okay. I'm, all I'm right, rolling. Alright,
1: alright, alright. Um, the Mercy's seat which is where the the cherubs are that's um that like the, the throne that god would be sitting in watching over people it's it's some call it the mercy seat is that potentially electrical uh you know conductors right does this whole thing made of gold it's like a wooden box coated in gold and it's got these two like prongs with the with the cherubs on top that could spark electricity between them so were they electrical conductors is that potentially why people died when when they touched it because they were effectively electrocuting themselves if they weren't careful enough. That's not good. All these theories, and then the biggest question is: where is it now? Where is the Ark of the Covenant? It's gone. We don't have it. It's in a museum. It belongs in it. No, it doesn't. Um,
0: <laughs> I think I, I do remember. I think I said this in the episode too. That there's um, there's a
1: temple in Ethiopia that claim they have it. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Okay. I mean, we'll. We can just say it now. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of places that claim they have it and there's all sorts of theories about it and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But yes, for sure that popped up in the Ancient Aliens episode as well. But one theory is that it's stored beneath... The Temple Mount. Do you know this place? Yeah, like the the big temple in Israel. That's the or one in uh, Jerusalem specifically. In Jerusalem, it's one theory is that it's stored beneath there. And in 2011, I don't know if you remember this. There was a UFO sighting over the Temple Mount that might some ancient astronauts thinks might have just hovered above it to help charge up the Ark of the Covenant every every couple millennia or whatever to keep it make make sure it's still got a charge in it. It does ring a bell. Do you remember this this UFO sighting? You can look it up on YouTube. It's a real it's a real thing. There's I could I'll I'll describe it very briefly, but it's just like a really shaky sort of low quality phone video of like a, a ball of light. And there's like actually two videos of a ball of light hovering Over the temple. Oh, yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. This this gives me this gives me vibes, which like given that, like, you know, Jerusalem, not exactly the stablest of regions at the moment. I imagine like, seeing a light in the air like that would be, um,
1: that'd be spooky <laughs> for a lot of reasons, about the kind of stuff that goes on there. So these are all of the claims that ancient aliens lays out. It's man a machine maybe, it's nuclear powered, it's electric, it can shoot high speed winds that separate rivers, it can have sonic booms that knock over walls. It needs to be charged up by aliens in 2011. And there's video evidence of it, apparently so. Are any of these claims true, Tristan? Yes. Oh, wait. I don't know if I was supposed to answer that one. Oh, well, that's the rest of the episode then. Um, but you know what? I will try my best to debunk these systematically Ooh. after this quick break. Buy things. So we're back and maybe you heard an ad. maybe you didn't. I don't yeah, know. I just bankrupted myself buying every single thing in the ad. so he did it's super irresponsible. You have a new child to support. it's true. I'm bought all for him. Oh, that's good then. So let's talk about the Ark of the Covenant. What may it actually be for realies as far as we know anyway. Uh, so, like I said, we've already done an entire. I wrote in this I wrote in the outline that we've done an entire video about it. We really can't like, escape this. We, we, we can't escape
0: it. We're gonna be on like episode really? two hundred and we're still gonna refer to our episodes as videos.
1: I know we've done an entire podcast episode about the mana machine on this show that you're listening to, uh, go listen to that for more information about that specific thing. Uh, but I did just want to debunk the whole transportable one with tanks thing. Uh, That is only ever cited in the Mana Machine book, like the book, The Mana Machine, and no other scholar recognizes it as a legitimate translation. Most people say that they purposely broke linguistics to try and fit their desired outcome. It would be like, Tristan, if you told me, hey, I think Scott eats his food off the floor. And I said... Well, no, Tristan, I actually have a very notable dining room. And you said, see, he said it himself. He has a dining room with no table. Like, (laughs) technically the letters are correct, but uh, you had to break... A lot of language to get the result that you wanted. I would also seem to think that
0: this is if, if we had a very powerful nuclear reactor that far mm-hmm. back, that there would probably be like some sort of isotope test we could do or something like if there was a nuclear reactor yeah. under the Temple Mount, I have a feeling that you could answer that if you like walked around with like
1: a Geiger counter. That's true. That's very true. No one ever s- thinks of these things except us. We're the smart ones. So let's talk about the Jordan River parting. That was a big claim on the episode that I watched that when they had to cross the Jordan River, they put the Ark of the Covenant out and in front of the river and it shot high speed winds that parted the river. Um, Hey, ancient aliens, maybe read the source material (laughs) of what you're talking about. That never happens in the Bible. They may have gotten that confused with Moses parting the Red Sea, which happened before the Jordan River thing. That's before the Ark of the um, Covenant, too, isn't it? That's the that's before the Ark of the Covenant. So like that doesn't make sense. And what actually happened? And I will just read this to you in one of our many Bible verses. I'm going to bring to to this episode that that is a book that starts with J in the in the chapter three and verse sixteen. We're going to have a lot of J three sixteen. It's the
0: wrestler, right? Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin or whatever. Wasn't there
1: a WWE wrestler who had something 316 on his? Oh, the, yeah, probably a John 316. Yeah, there's a lot of, but we're going to do a lot of J316s in this episode. And John 316 will be a part of that, but not right now. So what actually happened in the Jordan River uh, is that it just stopped flowing because it was obstructed by something upstream. And the Bible was very clear about this. In Joshua 316, it says quote uh this is the new international version uh the water from upstream stopped flowing it piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called adam in the vicinity of zarathan while the water flowing down to the sea of arabah that is the dead sea was completely cut off so the people crossed over opposite of jericho End quote. Divine beavers. That's what, that's all it says is like it was just obstructed so the people crossed over. I do not know. I have absolutely no idea. Where ancient aliens got this idea that th- that the Ark of the Covenant had anything to do with it. And and especially that it shot high pressure wind that split the sea. That's so baffling to me. Like I said, it could be that that uh, it contained like the Ark contained
0: some kind of sort of wind, like some kind of beavers that were able to block Yeah, river. Beavers okay. do that. Okay,
1: I'm Canadian. I have to mention that. It. <laughs> it's funny that they in the episode, they, they talk about how really in the Ark of the covenant was not just you know it wasn't just this place to hold the 10 commandments it was a toolkit it was a toolkit for survival and war and all this stuff so maybe bieber beavers maybe bieber maybe bieber justin bieber came out maybe justin bieber was a part of the exodus has anyone thought
0: of that Makes him a lot older, you know, he kind of sells himself as being a young guy. So this would uh, definitely change his branding quite a bit.
1: So anyway, that's what happened to the Jordan River. People just crossed over opposite Jericho. Speaking of Jericho, by the way, that whole story about them walking around the walls of Jericho and blowing the trumpets and the walls falling down, I learned just today that that entire story from the bible uh potentially may have happened centuries after Jericho fell so like there's a really big question whether or not any of that actually happened like by the time they got to Jericho it probably already would have been not standing just based off of like our best historical archaeological findings and research but we talked about this with uh, Dr. Andrew Mark Henry, and sometimes stories from the Bible are written about, you know, centuries after they happen, and people aren't super concerned with being 100% historically accurate as they are trying to weave a narrative and an origin story for their for their people. And so I think that might be, you know, just in my very rudimentary amateur sort of approach here in this research, that seems to be potentially what ha- what happened. Like, the walls of Jericho like fell, and then people stumbled across them centuries later. And then, centuries even after that, you know, people wrote this story and they were just like, yeah, you know what? They were pro, they may have been related. Who's, I mean, it tells a good story, doesn't it? So. <laughs> That's just my thoughts. The guy who was sent to take care of Jericho shows up and the place is already gone.
0: They'll be like, well, we can't just tell them that we just went there and everything was gone. We got to have like a good story. And he's like, all
1: right, listen, I have an idea. Hear me out. Battle of the bands. We got trumpets.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's do it. The thing you said about uh, making history fit a narrative and like that being a more common thing. It reminds me about how historians are very frustrated working in specifically uh, medieval Europe because the chroniclers, like the monks and stuff like that, who were in charge of chronicling the past and writing history, uh, had a sort of approach like that, where if there wasn't a source to fill in what they thought happened between two events, they would just write it and make it up and put it in there. And so we have to end up finding things like um, that are just straight up additions later. Like, um, for example... There's 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 like these people who did apologia who were saying like, look, here's a secular source that shows that Jesus was real in the Roman historian Josephus's writing of the region. Mm -hmm. And then it's like actually like a medieval monk added that there later (laughs) because they're like oh he wrote about this time when Jesus would have been alive but didn't mention him that's wrong i'm going to have to add that in there
1: fill that one in it's like oh, that no. that's interesting and that i mean that might just be very well the the case with with Jericho and and this who knows not me i'm not an expert this podcast is purely for entertainment but then let's get to the radiation poisoning you remember that one remember when i mentioned that you had mm-hmm. some thoughts about that when the philistines stole the the ark and then suddenly Everywhere they took it, they started dying. People started dying. What are your initial thoughts? I know that I sent you my outline, but I, there's a chance you haven't read all the way through. What are your initial thoughts there?
0: So God, or they, they take the, they take the, the covenant, and then people die. Yeah, uh, the people who stole it died. Yet. Yeah. So the, the Ten Commandments explicitly say, "Hey, don't steal things." Mm. And if I seem to recall, um, that this part of the Bible, God likes to do plagues specifically. Oh, yeah. uh uh-huh. That. That, that that it sounds like it's probably a biblical plague, which yeah. meant that it's probably not radiation, because you can you can radiation poisoning is a very very specific type of of disease that has a mm-hmm. it has a cycle that is very unique because like not only do you feel sick for a while, but then you feel better, and then when you feel better, you you then go real real bad because basically all of your DNA is dead. Oof.
1: That's no good.
0: But the tumor thing was weird because the tumors, because like, like if you have radiation sickness, you don't die of tumors breaking out. The tumors are like if you get radiation exposure, like later in life, you'll have a higher chance of getting weird cancers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that just might be us looking back on it and trying to force that information to make sense in that regard. But you're not far off with the plague thing. In fact, you're very close with the plague thing. So the Septuagint, are you familiar with the Septuagint? Nope, that's a new one. Um, the Septuagint, this is all like I to anyone who doesn't know, I went to Bible college for like three years. So this was like pulling. All of this was pulling so much m- memories out of my, like, out of the recycling that it has just been lingering for almost a decade. I'm just like, maybe I'll get rid of this. Nope. It's coming in handy. Uh, the Septuagint is like the Greek translation, like the earliest sort of Greek translation of the Hebrew old Testament. And that specified during the time that the Philistines were moving the Ark from city to city, uh, that mice, rats, or rodents sprang up throughout the country. In fact, First Samuel 6.4 says that the Philistines panicked when all this started happening, and they tried to create a guilt offering of five golden tumors and five golden mice, which represent the things that were plaguing them. So tumors and mice were their plagues. I've heard some stuff about mice and rodents and plagues. (laughs) So we know that rodents and some illness that caused tumors were involved, so this implies. Oh, I know this one. Potentially, you know this one. On I, I was a research
0: assistant for a professor who studied uh, like um, medieval Spanish, like hospitals, and um, mm-hmm. I believe they call it the uh, buboes, like
1: bubonic plague, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. exactly right. The bubonic plague. Uh, which was transmitted by like fleas that were carried by rats and oh, by uh, people. Oh, there's a, there's an addendum to that because the black oh, really? the
0: black death because uh, people were thinking it was uh, fleas on rats and then. Ah, uh, some more recent scholarship seems to think that actually it was probably fleas on gerbils. Oh, really? So it was much
1: cuter. <laughs> That's cute. But yeah, I mean, like like we said, some translations say mice, rats. Some just say rodents in general. I imagine people back then didn't really have large distinctions between them all. Probably not. But yes, one of the symptoms of the bubonic plague were the the buboes. Yep. Yeah. I had to, um, I had to read
0: like hundreds and hundreds of ye old Castilian Spanish texts. I define every reference to the word "boobo," So I have that Which, word scarred <laughs> into the back of my
1: brain. <laughs> it sounds like a very silly word, boobo, um, But they are, as far as I understand, like poc- painful pockets of swelling over certain parts of the body, I'm like filled with all sorts of gross stuff. I really like antibiotics. I'm um, just going to put that out there. Yes. And because they're pockets that swell up over the body, they do look like you're like growing like tumors over your body. Like to to ancient people who don't fully understand this disease, like it just looks like your body's starting to swell in certain very specific pockets of, of places that does not look great. Hey, please do not look this up. I wrote that in the notes because I looked it up, and I now know that Tristan had to study it as well. I would recommend don't look up pictures of it. It's not fun no thank you but yeah that's would you say that that is more or less likely than radiation poisoning that if if they specifically say that rodents are popping up around the time that they're starting getting these
0: rodents tumors yeah um because there's nothing about them having burns or their, uh, what's it called? Their thyroids getting all swollen. (laughs) Or, you know, like this, 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 like we, like, I I know that ancient aliens is kind of relying on people not knowing stuff, but like, we know what radiation poisoning looks like. We, like, even people (laughs) back then would have described it very differently.
1: Like, it's not tumors, it's not rats, it's like. Well, and, and specifically that they were wanting to make that guilt offering because, like specifically for tumors, And mice, like mice was one of the plagues they were dealing with. And that is not covered anywhere w- when you just factor in radiation poisoning. Like, it's not like radiation, like, draws in mice, you know? It's not like they're attracted to the stuff. No,
0: I imagine mice don't like radiation at all.
1: They probably don't like it, yeah.
0: Also, like they like, they would have mentioned, like, their hair falling out or, like, their teeth or yeah. something like that, right?
1: Yeah, so this seems like a more likely conclusion to me. And look, you could still argue, if you're a religious person, you could absolutely still argue that, like, The, those are two plagues that God would put on and has done previously. So like that could still be a thing and it's not radiation. But yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. A couple last little rebuttals here. The idea of the cherubs on the top being an electrical device that creates a whole circuit and shocks people was on an episode of Mythbusters back in the day. Do you I remember this? I saw this.
0: I think that's where I got like the idea from, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So I believe... They used uh, the Baghdad batteries, which are these like ancient um, Mm -hmm. battery devices. We're gonna cover that someday, I know it. Oh yeah, we will. Oh yeah. But like, there are these like pots that have different, you know, different metals and and other stuff inside of them that actually, I believe, at least on Mythbusters, they did confirm it does create an electrical charge. It's not a lot. It's not a very strong electrical charge. It's definitely not enough to shock someone, let alone kill them. (laughs) It'd be like saying you could kill somebody with a potato battery <laughs> exactly exactly like it's enough to do some like electroplating of, of metals and things but it is not enough to to even feel it And in fact they even say so on mythbusters they were like even if they could do it even if they like you know rigged up the ark of the covenant with all these batteries these ancient batteries it would not be enough to feel Anything, let alone, as we said, like electrocute people to death, as some of these claims say, like it's not dangerous.
0: I wish that they had done that because if I recall, it's really early in Mythbusters that they did that. I wish they Mm -hmm. had done it later when they started getting more bored uh, and they'd be like, actually, we're going to figure out how many Baghdad batteries it actually does take to electrocute somebody (laughs) (laughs) instead of like a
1: room full of them or something. That would be fun. I know that a famous episode did, or a famous moment did come from that episode where they tricked Adam into uh, they like rigged up like something much stronger, like a big battery, like a big modern oh no. car battery, or to it. And he was like, "You didn't? These are just like the Baghdad batteries, right? These aren't like a modern thing." And they're like, "Oh yeah, no, 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 absolutely." And he touched it, and obviously it just hurt like hell because it was a <laughs> it was a full modern battery that just like pumped electricity through his system. Yeah. Pranks in a workshop like that sound
0: dangerous.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very much so. But yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those examples where, again, I think we're just looking at something through a modern lens. You know, we now know a lot about el- electricity. We know that gold is a good conductor. We see something's golden and it has two prongs on it at the top. So we sort of project that maybe it's meant to complete a circuit and that's... That's really all the evidence that's thrown out there. There's really no other evidence other than like it's gold. People say it could hurt them. I don't know. It might be electric. It might be electric. I don't know. Thing looks like a thing? Thing looks like a thing that I'm used to.
0: Now I want now I can't get out of my head like the idea of somebody trying to like boost their car
1: by hooking up jumper cables to these two angel wings and like <laughs> Well, you know, God is my God's God's, God's, God's my booster. <laughs> God's my booster. Jesus take the wheel. But all right. Okay, Tristan, here's a big question. If aliens did create the Ark, then maybe you would think, and it's powered by electricity or nuclear energy or whatever, then maybe they would have to come back in a while to charge it up. If it is a battery, for example, you got to recharge a battery. Everyone knows this. I can't get through a, a half a day without having to plug in my phone. So aliens would have to come back. And charge up the arc, which is when the 2011 video—the UFO above the Temple Mount—that's that's real, isn't it? Shaky, blurry cell phone footage
0: seems pretty legit to me. You're gonna have a tough time proving this one.
1: Oh, Tristan, of course it's not real. Firstly, suspiciously, no one came out and claimed to be the person who filmed it, which you'd think you would do if you were the first person to capture alien footage that seemed legit. No other witnesses came forward saying they saw it there, uh, b- and despite there being... A- Thousands of people in the area at the time. Not a not, not a single person came forward and said, "Yes, I also saw it." A little suspicious. Yeah, the religious center of a massive city. You'd think more we'll yes, people there. You would think, especially because like
0: would see it. Uh, I know I kind of hit on this earlier, but like Israel is a country where they have a lot of things looking at the sky and like monitoring things because there's a bit of a security situation. With I, I don't get into the news, but like what's What's it called? Like the, they have the whole, they have an entire like iron dome system that's designed for catching rockets that get uh, like shot over from Palestine. So like, I feel like if there was like a spaceship hovering in the air, it would have been detected by some stuff
1: (laughs) by anybody else, right? But then we get into like the more these are, this is all like circumstantial, right? Like, OK, it's possible everyone had their back turned at the exact same time because they were all trying to take a selfie or something. It's possible that no one came forward to claim it because they just weren't the kind of person who wanted attention. But then you get into like the practical stuff that's wrong about it. The dome of the Temple Mount is uh, very shiny. It's incredibly shiny. It's made of gold, or not made of gold, but it's, it's covered in gold. And yet, in the video, it didn't reflect any light from this UFO that was all light. It was just a ball of light hovering above it. In the video, it's like it's not even there. No light shining on the temple at all. That's weird. So that's strange. And also because we know how big the temple is, um, we can figure out the scale of this spaceship and it would only be about 15 feet in diameter, which seems a little small. Certainly not. You know, like it's not nothing. It's a, it's a little small. It could be possible, for, like for an alien spaceship that came all the way here to charge something as important as the Ark of the Covenant. Like I don't know, it's a little small. That's all I'm saying. They're like alien
0: millennials. They're doing cottage core. It's like the tiny house movement. Maybe they're that's into the it. tiny spaceship movement. Tiny,
1: tiny saucer movement. But then the most sort of damning evidence is that there are editing artifacts, and this is where like editor Scott comes out and i love this stuff Uh, (laughs) because the footage is a little shaky uh if you really go frame by frame you'll realize that the shake was put in in post it was most likely a locked down tripod shot and someone put the shake in there and they tried to hide the shake by using an effect in after effects called motion tile which just mirrors the edges of the image as you shake it so that there's no like black space so it makes it look like you're you know like expanding the image um it's really obvious it's super fake so most likely this video is not real and ancient aliens went out of their way to showcase it and say that it is real when it's so clearly
0: Dude, sorry, sorry. Did you just say that they of another way to show that it is real? Okay. Sorry. I, I I I have big shoes to fill being the person
1: whomst makes the jokes. <laughs> I think you're doing great. This is very fun. For how am I doing? You're doing great in for your spot. Yeah, I I see a start that says the
0: part where Scott makes us sad. So I'm excited. I'm gonna see where oh, this goes. Oh yeah,
1: that's a fun one. And I might actually lean on you for that a little bit because you might know more about the situation than I do. But. Um, here's the wildest thing. Now, you may have noticed that some of these claims seem to be almost mutually exclusive, right? Was it a mana machine? Did it power the mana machine? Is it a sonic weapon? Could it generate strong winds to part rivers? Is it a communication device? We didn't even touch on that. An ancient aliens thing said that it was a way to communicate with aliens. Is it electric? Is it nuclear? What is it? I'm reminded of like this thought experiment of like, if you have two robots, if you want to create a robot that makes pancakes and then a robot that runs up the stairs, it's best to create two separate robots. Because if you try to make a robot that's good at both of those things, it will be worse at both of those things right? Because it's trying to do too much. It will be not as efficient as if you just built two things for specific purposes. So, Ancient Aliens says, well, yeah, that's why. There wasn't just one Ark of the Covenant. Oh, no. There were at least two, potentially dozens Maybe one box that could do one thing and another box that could do a different thing. And that's why all of these mutually exclusive theories are actually, they all work together and they're all, there's different boxes. How elegant. How elegant. There's just a lot of them out there and we don't have any. We don't, we can't find them, but they were there. There were lots of them. Litter, the earth was littered with arcs of, of the covenant. That's all I'm saying. Just got them all over the place. Now- that's a really bad idea and a really bad theory for a lot of reasons, but we're just going to, let's just, let's just reel it back. We're almost done. We're going to wrap up here with some fun stuff and then some sad stuff. Let's just work under the theory that there is only one arc for now. If you, if you can just roll with me there, it has traveled a lot throughout the old Testament over like a thousand years before it seemingly went missing.
0: <sighs> Where oh. is it?
1: Where is it? Where is the Ark of the Covenant? Well, ancient aliens claims that when Jerusalem was uh, like ransacked or destroyed or whatever, the Ark was hidden and found later by the Knights Templar. Oh, yeah. I have heard of this. Yeah. Yes. There's, you know, stories of the Nazis looking for it in the mountains of France. Maybe it was taken to Scotland. Maybe it was taken all the way to North America. Ancient aliens doesn't say where in North America. They just say, yeah, it was taken to North America and buried underground north america is a giant place is it in a church in ethiopia as you mentioned there are there there are guards there who claim that they are watching over the ark and it is like obviously no one's allowed in except them and it's this like really important tradition to to uphold and just just watch over this this artifact that's in there and that's that's super important yeah
0: yeah man Ethiopian Christianity is um, it's different,
1: and uh, Ancient Aliens even speculates: Is it in Japan? Did it make its way all the way to Japan? What's the reasoning for that? Uh the reasoning for that is bad. Um, it's that they basically look at a, a group of people in Japan who's who do a similar thing where they take what looks like a sort of arc related item up a mountain uh, as a part of their religious belief and ancient alien just says that looks similar so it might be the same thing that's par for the course yeah they're basically just saying that this Japanese tradition is just Judaism light or something like that they're like just taking they're just looking at it from that lens it's not great Tristan I don't like it and they spend too much time on it that is not
0: very culturally
1: sensitive of them it's not which is surprising for ancient aliens you'd think that they'd be more uh chill about that sort of stuff but wherever it is in the world the arc is lost but that's okay because and this is me doing my best youth minister uh impression again God said in Jeremiah 316, another J316, that, quote, when you multiply and increase in the land, they will no longer discuss the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. It will never come to mind and no one will remember it or miss it, nor will another one be made. And he was almost right, (laughs) except for the fact that people are definitely still talking about it. Um, but a big box of God representing his covenant was replaced by a new covenant in the New Testament. <gasps> A little friend of mine I like to call j c. oh Jesus man. Christ. you pastor, <laughs> you with Pastor Scott. yeah, so this is the whole idea of the Ark of the Covenant is the reason it's it's gone missing and the reason why it doesn't matter that it's gone missing is because of the whole New Testament. J- Jesus's sacrifice represents a new promise from God to all of his peoples of the earth uh, that anyone who believes in him uh, and loves him will have eternal life in heaven just like, John 316 says, right? So that's the last of the okay. J 316s.
0: Yeah, we're not talking about the Holy uh, the Ark of the Covenant anymore. We're looking for the Holy Grail
1: instead. Which that's there's gotta be right. a Holy Grail
0: episode at some point in the show.
1: Oh, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, look, the Ark does show up one last time in the Bible in Revelations, uh, and it's just in heaven, uh, once again representing God's presence. And really, that should be the end of it, right? Like God says himself in the Bible that like, don't look for it. It's not important. It was important. It's not important. Have you heard of my son? He's the real deal. Focus on that. Don't focus on the Ark. But no, instead, not only do we get all of these ancient astronaut theories, all these ancient alien theories, but throughout history, people have still continued to search for it. Like I said, the Nazis looking for it. Indiana Jones stopping them, obviously. Good job, Harrison Ford. Do you subscribe to that theory that the the, the first movie is bad because you can just take away Indiana Jones and the movie would resolve itself because the Nazis would just open the ark and then die? <laughs> <So it's> like... <laughs> There's a little bit of that, isn't there? I would also think that uh, it's
0: interesting because like um, it doesn't seem like any of the people who are looking for it are the people who you know this might be significant for, which are um, Jewish people
1: because they're the one who don't have a new testament, right? So like Yeah, so you say that and this brings this brings me to the part where Scott makes you sad. Um because people are searching for it still to this day, there have been unlicensed excavations at places like the Temple Mount. Oh, don't do that! No, no, no. Mm-hmm. There's too much history there. <laughs> Important historical religious holy place. Uh, there have been people digging through. In ni- the most famous example is in 1981, there was a Jewish uh, rabbi who started conducting with a small crew, unlicensed excavations in in the Temple Mount, digging up you know all these different corridors and gates and things like that clearing rubble and just trying to dig and dig and dig and find the the Ark of the Covenant and that caused a little bit of a riot I can imagine the Jewish between the Jewish explorers and the Arab guards yeah the the Temple Mount is like one of the holiest
0: places in the world for Jews and Muslims it's a yes and it's a point
1: of very high contention in Jerusalem even to this day yes so yeah in the 80s People digging up, trying to find stuff, potentially messing with this very 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 holy and important site did not go over well and that resulted in a two thousand year old ancient gate there uh, a gate to the temple being filled with cement to try and prevent people from digging again from digging at it again i
0: remember this because there's also i think that unless i'm conflating with this is a different story because there's Mm -hmm. uh because that gate is uh according to to um judaism judaism uh is supposed to be the gate that uh, at the end of times when the dead rise from the grave, they're gonna walk through that gate. And so like mm. the gate was sealed as a way to be like, aha, you can't go through your gate now.
1: <laughs> like Yeah, it's just it's um, we we talk about this a lot, but like these sort of unlicensed archaeological hobbyists, it's not great for these for these sites and, and just for history in general. No.
0: And as I kind of mentioned, like Jerusalem specifically, but like you know, Palestine, Israel in general, very like not only is there a lot of history, a lot of history that is extremely important for two very important religions that are in a state of very high tension in that region where mm-hmm. uh, lives are on the line like a lot. And so yeah, yeah uh, mess- it turns out history is important, especially in that
1: kind of place. Very much so. And I just want to end it by saying by doing a little bit of a spiel real quick so like, as I said, I'm not a real, even though I went to Bible college, I'm not a religious person currently. Uh, religion's not really been an active part of my life in many years. And as Tristan said, you're not a very religious person. You never really have been. Yeah. Nah. I was more raised by, I think i mentioned this too. I was
0: more raised by like, uh, people like I was more raised by someone who's more into like psychics and tarot cards and that kind of, yeah. that kind of religiousness. If that's a th- if you consider it that. Yeah,
1: sure. But like, as we've always said on this podcast, we're not about trying to, you know, dispel religion with facts and logic or anything like that. No. So I just wanted to just end it by 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 just saying, like, again, God specifically said that people would stop caring about the Ark. And clearly that's not true, but I do think it potentially should be like people continue to search for it for either simple religious reasons or for absolute nefarious reasons. And not only is there sadly no real evidence that it ever actually existed, because like, again, we've not found it. It could just be part of the story of of a people trying to create a narrative. But even if it did exist, searching for it today is very specifically what God did not want people to do and at the end of the day too like i could
0: i could see this still being an important object to say like an extremely orthodox jewish person for example yeah. and like the thing is like even for jewish listeners and such like like think about this like the the ark of the covenant is supposed to be a uh a symbol of the covenant of like you know the the relationship that that your people have with god and I feel like at the end of the day, with like uh, all the you know, I, I'm not going to tell Jewish people how to be Jewish, but uh, right, but like you know, at the end of the day, it, that's the that's the that's the important part, right? Is that it's that covenant, the what the covenant means, right? The the relationship you have with. With the divine and to know that, you know, you are the you are protected people that, you know, this person's looking out for you and that you don't you don't know, you don't need, you know, a box to survive thousands and thousands of years for that to be true.
1: Yeah. And I I just think that it's really funny to me that the episode of Ancient Aliens ends with them saying the Ark is, quote, the most coveted relic of all time, end quote, when the tablets that it holds specifically say, please don't covet. Do not do that. Do not covet. Yeah. It says right on the thing. It's written right on the thing. And that's all I have to say about the Ark of the Covenant. How did I do? It was pretty good. I uh, I, I learned some stuff. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, we um I didn't know there
0: was so much so much lore. So uh, I knew that it was like up there with like you know like I always th- I always kind of think about like the quest for the Ark, kind of like the quest for the the Holy Grail. And so I yeah. think I got a lot of those wires crossed in my head. So uh but yeah, I did not. I I I
1: remember I, I've heard of a lot of these things, but I didn't actually know the contents. That's really cool. Yeah. I this stuff like I said jogs a lot of me memories for me and and it's very it's very fun to look back on now just because I do I no longer see it as necessarily like you know I have a better mind frame of like these are stories that are for morality and they they sort of uh, have fictional elements that sort of paint a nice cultural story rather than studying it as if it was all 100% literal but yeah I don't know i going back and doing all this research it just it it just awakens a part of me that I wish was a, awake when I actually was in uh, Bible college because maybe I would have done better instead of being kicked out for failing. Anyway, <laughs> um, thanks for watching this show. I said watching this show. What am I doing? If you are watching this show with your ears. um, Thank you for listening to this <laughs> podcast. I enjoy you being here. And I got to just say, I have a newfound respect for Tristan, who does this sort of research every week. Holy cow. How do you do it? It took me all day is I, 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 my soul knows no rest. Yeah, that's (laughs) fair. Um, I will say researching Bible stuff is fairly easy because the book is online, pretty easy to find. There's a TikTok thing that feel that fits my my
0: ethos towards this, which is that a fun. There's a fun fact to me, which is that I have never been
1: relaxed ever. And that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, please follow us on Twitter at ProbsNotAliens. We've been getting a lot of good feedback lately. I think the last episode that went out. People just really resonated with it. So thank you so much to everyone who reached out and said some really, really nice things. Please don't stop. We love hearing how you think about the episodes and what you want us to talk about. And also, if you have specific topics that you want us to talk about, um, go to probs.aliens.com and there is a link at the bottom of the page for suggesting topics. Maybe we'll do a listener special soon. I know we're on episode 25, so maybe we'll do something fun there pretty soon, but really appreciate it. Uh, and if you want more of Tristan, where can they find you at? Uh, I have a channel called
0: Step Back at stepbackhistory.com. Uh, that's where I make videos about why, for example, what you're learning today, why history is important for understanding why the world is the way it is today. And uh, yeah, uh, you can find me getting
1: mad at the news uh, on Twitter, which is at Tristan P-E-J. Fantastic. Um, my, do you want more of me? Do you want more of my voice, you say, and my research? Then you can find me over at NerdSync, the YouTube channel, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. Very fun show that I do over there where I talk about comics and superheroes and cartoons and sometimes other things. Uh, And I, I just, I make video essays and they're fun and I like them and they're good, dang it. I'm gonna say it, they're good. They're good videos. They are good. I don't know why I got aggressive all of a sudden. I'm sorry.
0: I've got several. I have a private playlist uh, that's just labeled inspiration, which are videos I watch when I want to like, you know, when I want to make good stuff myself. So
1: I, I there there's some there's some NerdSync videos on there. Oh, that's nice. I got to dig into I, I would love to know what else is on that playlist. Um, but thank you so much to everyone for leaving reviews specifically. Uh, I think just for now, we're going to start shouting out names of people instead of reading reviews, unless there's a particularly good one. But thank you to MagicFan1992. A good year, 1992. That's when I was born. I know. I'm almost thirty, Tristan. <laughs> thank, thank you to Top Digs. Thank you to Cat Underscore Farts. What a good name! Thank you to all of you who have written reviews. Brigitte 2000. I guess a robot, a French robot. Is, is Brigitte French? Sounds French. It, it doesn't be, matter. Uh,
0: I think. It, I think it can be. I think it's actually more like of a like um, Scandinavian name.
1: Oh, perfect. Brigitte. A Scandinavian yeah. robot. Oh, Brigitta. That's that might be what it is. Anyway, thank you, everyone who wrote reviews. We really appreciate it. Keep writing reviews. Uh, if you have a funny name, I will shout it out in this, the next episode, potentially. That's everything. Once again, my name is Scott.
0: I do you want to do the truth is out there thing?
1: Oh, do I want to do it? Yeah, why don't you do it? Just okay. Wants to do it. And then that's Tristan over there. Hey. Uh, and as always, the truth is out there. Probably.
0: Ah, you did great. Awesome. Yay.